Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey there, fellow true crime aficionados. We're the host of Bad Axe, a true crime podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Join us every Thursday for twisted true crime tales of dark deeds and despicable people. We focus on lesser known unique stories with a new case each week. We've covered family annihilators, cannibals, revenge killings, killer kids, mysterious murders, survivor stories, and much more. We've even tackled stories of people who blamed zombies, vampires, ghosts, and voodoo for their bad acts. Of course, we know they're the only ones to blame. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts, or you can visit our website at badaxpod.com. If you like fresh stories and new perspectives on crime, Bad Axe will be your new jam. Join Bad Axe every Thursday. Stay safe, y'all. See you soon. What's up, you guys? Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmouth podcast. How are you doing, Haley? I'm, I'm good, Catherine. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I a lot of uh, things happening right this very second, but, but we're going to talk about spooky stuff today. Nothing scarier than a full schedule. That's very accurate. Well... It's Spooky Week. Do you want to tell the Spooky Babes what we're talking about today? Spooky Babes. Today, we are going to be giving you the mini spooks. Me and Catherine, you should see us when we try to come up with an idea and what we're going to talk about. Most of the time, it's just exactly what you would expect. It's utter chaos. Actual garbage. uh, Garbage. But we are... Since... In the past, we've done like haunted locations. We would do just one, but the the workload didn't seem fair because like there'd be more history than spooks. So what we decided to do is just like our urban legends, we did three haunted locations. A little bit of history, a little bit of spooks. Times three. Times two. So... In case you're not good at math, that six different spooky locations that you will get to hear in this hour or so episode instead of only hearing about one. So you're welcome. You're welcome. And enjoy the shit show. Yes. And it'll just be like little bite-sized chunks. It's not going to be like deep drive into like who owned what, just like, you know, all this stuff. We did skip a lot of history because I wanted to get to the spooks. I'm more interested in the spooks factor than like the history. So I like have minimal history, maximum spooks. Oh, that's a t-shirt design. There you go. Minimum history. No. Anyway, minimum history, maximum spooks. That's that's how I how I feel. Anyone who wants to design that for us, send it to us on Instagram. No, honestly, though, if you want, like, t-shirts, yeah. I know you can design, you can do t-shirts, too, but yeah, buttons, I I was thinking, oh, wait, was I going to surprise you with that? No, but one of Bailey's friends, Chuck, he makes, like, the pins. Oh, yeah. The buttons. Yes. So I was going to be like, Chuck, can you make us buttons? Aw, that's cute. You can still do that. I'd still be supplied. Because you'll forget. I will totally forget after 
after this episode's posted, I forget whatever happens in it. That's another thing is like, if you ever bring up something that happened in one of the episodes, it's likely we will never remember what happened. No. Sometimes when I'm editing, I'm like, I don't remember this conversation. Same. It's just, you know, bad memory vibes over here. Thank you, to our sponsor, Trauma. Thank you, to our sponsor, Yes. So, yeah, we're each going to do three haunted locations. And Haley's going to bring you the first one. Take it away, Haley. I'm doing yours first. <laughs> okay. Do you want to preface anything before we started on, this, on mine? Okay. You don't so, have to. <laughs> so, technically, I am going first. But this is the one that Catherine did research for. Because Catherine got a little uh, chappy. And she did four instead of three. So, she was like, here. Here's a freebie, which I appreciated because I'm a major procrastinator and I literally just finished my two topics maybe 30 minutes ago. So, yeah, if it doesn't make sense, not my fault. I read through it and I'm I'm just going to read it straight through. So because like I didn't do any extra research on this. This is pretty good, though. Thanks. Okay, first one is the Stanley Hotel. Okay. So the Stanley Hotel, it's located in Estes Park, Colorado. It was built in 1909 by Freeland Oscar Stanley and his wife, Flora. We love a good working woman. Yes. By 1970, the hotel had unfortunately fallen into a state of disarray due to not being taken care of. Fuck what they doing. Building cars or something. Luckily, though, one specific author who we love somewhat. He writes some an interesting book that Catherine. It's very controversial, but she did not like. <laughs> but his early work is way better when it was like regular sized books, and he wasn't getting paid by the word. Ah, yeah, which was this book, like a, a little novellas, or like just like a regular sized book, not just like thousands of pages over here. Well, that special author, the main reason why this hotel still exists, is none other than the master of horror himself. Stephen King. Now, if the Stanley Hotel sounds similar to you guys, you're one of us. You understand. The Stanley Hotel is from the movie The Shining. It was also used in that movie too. But that great day that Stephen King decided to stay at this hotel. So Stephen King stayed in room 17 and he only stayed one night. And this hotel, I guess... Scared him so bad, he got inspired to write The Shining. Good job. Job, Steven. In 1980, the film adaptation was filmed at the hotel. The bathtub scene that we all know very well, hopefully, Mm -hmm. was filmed in room 237. As it stands today, the Stanley Hotel has 140 rooms. The hotel is over 14,000 square feet. And it's apparently known as... Disneyland or ghosts, which is terrifying. They said, it it, they said it that way because, like, you can get like ghost merch and, like, you know, oh, it's very much played up that it's haunted and it's very like there are tours and you can buy merch from the Stanley Hotel. And, like, just like you can do at Disneyland, you can buy Disneyland merch. And I think that's why they call it like Disneyland for ghosts, not like. They get to ride on rides and just, <laughs> you just you just take a ride. And, um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. For the record, Stephen King did not like the adaptation, the film adaptation of The Shining. He didn't. Stephen King hated the film adaptation. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He was like, it was bad. That's not how I, that's not how my book is supposed to go. And I was like, fuck. That, that's harsh. You absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know Stephen on a first day basis, even though I'm calling him and first doses, but like, you know what I mean? Supposedly, he didn't like the movie. I'll actually have to read the book. Yeah. I want to read the book too. We should buddy read it. Okay. Okay. One of the most well known ghosts of the Stanley Hotel is that of Freeland Oscar Stanley himself, the creator of the hotel. Guests have reported seeing him in various parts of the hotel, including the billiard room and the lobby. People often see him with his wife on the staircase. How cute. Holding hands. Not even till death do us part. Can I get rid of that bitch? I'm just kidding. Or that no man. <laughs> get rid of that man. Oh, yeah. Or that man. Oh. But bitch is a gender neutral term. True. <laughs> anyway. Apparently that area where they usually see them is referred to as the vortex. Which I'm assuming vortex is like the hot spot where like the the door per se is right yeah it's like a really big staircase that goes up the entire hotel and it's like apparently like the doorway to the spiritual world that's what they say sometimes the ghost of flora the wife is also found in the concert room playing the piano better tip your pianist another popular ghost at the hotel is that of a young girl named lucy it is said that Lucy was a former guest of the hotel who died in a tragic accident. Guests have reported seeing her ghost playing in the hallways and hearing her giggling. Utterly Absolutely terrifying. Not. No. Terrifying? <laughs> no, I will not play with you. No. Nope. And not at all. And tell me why, though. Like, all these locations have some type of child that died tragically. That they have a child ghost. Right. right. They always do. <laughs> going to be a very common theme among most haunted locations all of all of mine have one so visitors of the hotel have reported many other ghostly encounters such as objects moving on their own lights turning on and off same usual bullshit Mm -hmm. uh some guests have even claimed to have felt an unseen presence in the room experienced Mm -hmm. physical sensations such as being touched or a sudden drop in temperature some guests have reported feeling a sense of unease and have even been pushed or scratched by unseen forces. Absolutely not. Uh, don't touch me. Don't touch me, bitch. <laughs> have you ever seen those like hunting videos where they wake up and they have had scratches all done with back? Yep. That's terrifying. Okay. The Stanley Hotel has been investigated by numerous paranormal investigators, including the Ghost Hunters team, who have captured multiple e- EVPs, electronic voice phenomenons, everybody and photographs of orbs and apparitions. They're the most haunted locations in this hotel is, again, room 217, where Mr. King, this room, has seen some shit. In 1911, a housekeeper was lighting lanterns during a storm in that room. There was an explosion in that room. The blast pushed her through the floor. Could never. And the only injuries she had were broken ankles. Eventually, she did pass away, and she still visits 217 
and people report luggage being moved or unpacked. And supposedly she hates when unmarried couples sleep in that room together in the same bed. And so like people feel like a presence, like kind of pushing them apart in the bed. Oh, isn't that fucked up? She's like, leave room, leave room for Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, because she's from the olden days. And, you know, back then you didn't sleep in the same bed as your partner until you were married. That's true. So the entire fourth floor, apparently. People have heard kids playing on the fourth floor. Originally, it was an attic, then housing for female employees and children. Which may have, have maybe, have been the reason that Lucy was there. And then this part, so they also have a pet cemetery. There there was the pet cemetery outside the hotel. People report run-ins with Cassie, a golden retriever, and Comanche, a fluffy white cat. Cute. I thought that was cute and like not terrifying. And yeah, that is the story of the Stanley Hotel. I do want to visit though. I do too. I feel like it's one of those places that we actually could visit and like, you know, it's not it's not in like complete and utter decay. And we could take nighttime tours and, you know, have fun there. So okay, so maybe this might be an unpopular opinion about haunted locations. The haunted locations that are like we have a tour of ghettos. Like, it makes it seem that only reason they're a haunted location is because they keep having these, like, tours and da-da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? For some reason, I feel like when they have, like, some sort of money-making scheme along with their ghosts, I'm like, is it really haunted or are you just trying to get money? Right. When there's some kind of, like, money involved after with the ghost, for some reason, I feel like that's... It, it makes it less authentic. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you for the first one. I'm going to do my first one. I'm going to do my first one. The first one I'm going to do is called Penhurst Asylum. Penhurst Asylum was originally opened in 1808 as the Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. That's a mouthful, right? Uh-huh. Um, you do that? No. No? Okay. But I'll tell you why it sounds familiar. The asylum was designed to care for those who were considered burdens to their family. And within four years, it quickly became overcrowded with over 3,000 patients at its peak. Conditions at Penhurst were awful. And patients were subject to abuse, neglect, and inhumane treatment. A lot of patients died at the asylum. And their spirits are said to still haunt the place. In 1968, the conditions at Penhurst were exposed on a television report, and the asylum was closed in 1987. Since then, the buildings have remained abandoned, and the caretakers that take care of the location claim to have had many supernatural experiences. Visitors to Penhurst report hearing, obviously, all the same things that everyone does. Slamming doors, voices, footsteps, screams in the night. Some have even claimed to see apparitions of patients and staff walking through the halls. The most chilling experience reported is the feeling of being watched when they're inside of Penhurst. Many people have described a sense of unease and the feeling that something is like watching them as they explore. And they have also reported physical attacks, including scratches and bruises. There's a little girl, obviously, that seems to wander the campus. 
People have described hearing children playing or crying on the property in the middle of the night. On, on, a, on a very much of a lighter note, on the weekend in the fall, Penhurst has three haunted walkthroughs, Penhurst Asylum and the Tunnels. They also have a special light called Penhurst in the dark, which means they shut all the lights down and make you walk through Penhurst in the dark. No. I would say, I don't think you could pay me enough. You want to do it? I do, but I don't want to do it. So if you're thinking, wow, this place kind of seems familiar. If you know anything about any YouTubers, Glam and Gore is someone who worked at this asylum at the haunted walkthroughs doing special effects makeup. Mm -hmm. So she has actually done a bunch of like ghost hunting there as well at the Penhurst Asylum. And that might be where you have heard of it. Also, I'm pretty sure Ghost Adventures have been there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure every ghost people have been there. Yeah. I'm sure. It, it, it keeps getting repetitive when I'm like, oh, yeah, and Ghost Adventures goes there. Ghost Adventures has been everywhere. It's just to say they've always been there. So, if you dare to explore this haunted asylum, prepare for the unexpected. Catherine. <laughs> I, I might need to go. I didn't leave. It's getting close. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. So my next one. I've known about this place since I was in high school because it's always kind of piqued my interest because I've always wanted to go explore haunted places. But it is a local haunt here where for I you. am. Yeah, for <laughs> me. But it is called Thornwood Castle. Have you heard of Thornwood Castle? I think I have. But I don't know anything about it. Like, okay, well, I'm about to. <laughs> you are. Thornwood Castle is located just before, just by like Fort Lewis area okay. in Washington state. It is considered the house that love built. It was built by Chester Thorne. He was a banker. He did die October 16th, 1927. But he is one of the founders of Port of Tacoma. Took about four years to complete this house at 27,000 square feet. Oh, it was ready. It was complete in 1911. And Chester Thorne wanted nothing but the best for this house. Okay. He was from, I believe he was from England. I didn't deep dive in him, but I'm assuming. But he wanted, he, <laughs> he literally had 400 year old bricks. Mm-hmm. Sent from England, from the original English castle, to build Thornwood Castle. That must have been expensive. He was a very rich man. A um, very rich man. <laughs> Richard, what is his name? Chester. Chester, fuck your money. Kirkland Cutter was the architect behind everything. It's so authentic. Even the, the stained glass windows, panels that are there now, uh, they date back to the 1300s. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. There is 54 total rooms. Some of those include 28 beds, 28 bedrooms, and 22 bathrooms. Mm-hmm. It has a solid three-foot thick foundations, 10-inch floors of concrete, mm-hmm. and 10-inch walls. Less. Yeah. A lot. It, it took three ships to transport all the materials to the Pacific Northwest. Damn. That's so did the they have to, did they, oh, so the ships travel from England 
to the East Coast and then by some other form through the temp tree? Or did they go down and around? Down and around. Damn. I know. That must have cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm assuming it was down and around because it just said it went from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Point A to point B. As for the landscape, so there's 37 acres, 37 acres that got turned into this beautiful garden. And it, it was so big, it required 28 full-time staff. 28. <laughs> yeah. And then inside, they had 40 servants. Just for three people. Just for yeah. Chester, his wife, for his wife, Anna, and their daughter, Anita. 40 but people. Mr. Thorne. He loved throwing parties. Loved throwing parties. Of course he did. Some special guests that he would have. He had William Howard Taft and Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. At one point. I was like, okay, okay. Got the presidents. Got the presidents. There's not many spooks from what I can tell, but it's said that Chester is said to haunt his room. He appears there. Light bulbs are found unscrewed, which I'm like, ooh. Ooh. Anna, the wife, has been seen sitting in her room at the window, staring off into the gardens. That room, her old room, is the bridal suite. Hmm. And in that room, an original mirror from Anna's is still in that room. And a lot of people have claimed to see her reflection in it, which would scare the shit out of me. Not going to lie. Right. Also, an unknown grandchild of a past owner, because obviously it it didn't stay. It's still Thornwood Castle, but it didn't stay in the Thorns family. So after Chester died, it kind of... The daughter married a man. They moved out. The wife moved out. They eventually did move. The, the wife did move back. She did pass away there. And then the daughter ended up marrying someone else. And then they left the state. So. Wow. And then, it, yeah, it, it moved many, many times until finally in like 2000. It's now currently owned by the people that run it today. And today it's ran as like a bed and breakfast. You can also get married here, which get married there. I probably will. And a little fun fact, it kind of ties into the Stanley Hotel. This place is where they filmed Stephen King's Rose Red. Wow. Man, we have two two locations that Stephen King has touched some way. Hey. Yep. I know. I was <laughs> like, oh. And that, that that is it. That's Thornwood Castle here oh. in Washington State. Wowzer. That's interesting. I did not know anything about, like, all that. I think I knew of it, but I didn't know all that. A lot of oh. the, like, wedding stuff and, like, all that stuff I only knew because, like, I knew about it already. And I was like, oh. But well, it's really pretty. I have, I've never actually seen it. I know where it is, like, mm-hmm. um, but I've never actually been to it. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. Okay, well, my second one is about the St. Augustine Lighthouse located in St. Augustine, Florida. It was built between 1871 to 1874, and it stands on the north side of Anastasia Island. Currently, it's a maritime museum, 
that hosts, you guessed it, ghost tours. Yeah. Uh, the ghost what? tours are close. The ghost tours are called Dark of the Moon. And so you can go there and go into the tower. You can climb up the stairs if you want. I wish I could never. I said I could never. It stands 164 feet tall. Nope. There's like a there's like a living quarters on the ground floor though. And then like a spiral staircase up to the very top where like the light is. Yeah. It's a and it like gets narrow as it goes up. That was another Uh, reason I was like we could never. That is a claustrophobic nightmare to me. Yeah. The claustrophobia just gets worse with my stories. So (laughs) Lifehouse has a long history of paranormal activity and Many visitors report ghostly encounters and supernatural legends that are appearing in front of them. A lot of them seem to smell cigars, and that comes with the apparition of a tall, and the article said a too tall, shadowy figure, which that sounded so ominous. Like, it wasn't just like a tall man, like a six-foot man or something. It was like a too tall, which meant it was like eight feet, like too tall. Anyway, nope. Mm-mm. The shadowy figure is referred to as, quote, the man, and people suspect it's the spirit of John Andrew, and he actually died on the property when he fell off of scaffolding while painting the outside. Other people believe it's William Russell, who was a devout lighthouse keeper in 1950, and he lived there, and he, like, that lighthouse going, and he was super passionate about it. So there's, like, Two different stories of who the man could be. That's who they think it is. It's two people. I would say it's Joseph because William, I don't think I might be wrong. But as far as my research told me, William didn't die there. He just worked there very devoutly. <laughs> you know, his ghost is just like a lighthouse. Yeah. I want to be at the lighthouse. But yeah, you know, sometimes ghosts end up where they wanted to be the most or loved being the most. And that's why, even though they didn't die there, they still haunt there. I don't know. Unfortunately, Joseph was not the only tragedy at the lighthouse. Zakaya Petit, he was the head of construction at the lighthouse. Him and his wife and his daughters were there all the time. And his daughters liked to play around at the lighthouse, around the construction zone and around the everything. Their favorite thing to play with was a little cart, rail cart on this track. And they used to get in it and and ride down the rail tracks. Unfortunately, one day the rail cart flew off the tracks and then off the ledge into the sea. And the girls rolled off and never came back, unfortunately. Damn. Yeah. Guests have reported hearing, again, strange noises, footsteps, unexplained voices, or like disembodied voices, children's laughter. And they've even seen objects move like on their own. But if you're brave enough to climb the stairs all the way to the tippy top, you'd be warned that some visitors report feeling a sudden drop in temperature or the sense of feeling pushed by an unseen force. Absolutely not. I'm out. No way, no how. Even if I could melt up those stairs up that little claustrophobic tower, I feel it's not. I would not be interested. A ghost is just waiting for you at the top like <laughs> Nickel, he is a researcher and he tried to find proof or evidence that it was sincerely haunted or if it was just stories because of the like museum and stuff, right? And I'm like, why try- do you have to like try to... Did he find a dime? 
What? His name's Nickel, you said, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, did he try to find a dime? I was, I was kind of like, he's like a killjoy, like someone who wants to find something spooky. Like, he wants to try to find a reason that it's not haunted. And he said that any spooky sounds or noises are going to be attributed to the wind, the sea, and the animals around. And I'm like, the feeling of being pushed the top of a light tower is going to be the wind. Come on. If like people, the wind ain't that strong. Exactly. If the wind feels like two hands on the back of your back, pushing, come on now. I just, I feel like, why are you trying to, first of all, if people are scared, you're like saying, oh, there's no reason to be scared. But there might be. And then if people, if you're, if people aren't scared, you're telling them that there's nothing to be scared of there anyway. And they want to prove you wrong. Anyway, I just don't think, I don't know why he even was trying to do that. It didn't make any sense. Mm-mm. Anyway, St. Augustine Lighthouse is a place of both beauty and mystery. And for those who dare to visit, it would be an unforgettable experience. I love how you put these little like ender things at the end of your thing. I love it. I love it. It's great. Now, for thank you, Catherine, for bringing us the spooks of a lighthouse. You shine that light into my life. Oh, that's so sweet. You do, me too. But my next one, it's it's a, it's a little long one. It's a little bit. There's a little bit of history. There's a decent amount of history, actually. So I apologize if y'all fall asleep. My last story for you guys is about Poveglia Island. When she told me about this, I, I'd never heard of it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. You've like never heard of Poveglia Island? I, that word does not remind me of anything. Maybe if you explain it to me, maybe I'll be able to place something, but that word does not make anything, does not ring a bell. I literally purposely looked this one up, but like, no, because, okay, like I looked up like a list of things and I was like, I was like, no, no. I was like, oh yeah. Like I remember Paveglia Island because this actually scared, this place scares me. Okay. Fun. It It was also on Ghost Adventures, so. Of course. So, Paveglia Island, mm-hmm. it's in the Venetian Lagoon between Venice and Lido Island, so Italy. Venice, Italy. Yes, it's Italy. Yeah, it's, it's like me. Also, oh, yeah, you're Italian. Yeah. It is considered Plague Island. Does this sound familiar? No? Okay. No. Locals, even now, like, they refuse to go near it. This island dates back many, many years. It it was first mentioned in documents back in 421 AD. <clears throat> 421? Oh my gosh. I know. I can't even um, imagine that. In the ninth century, it was home to refugees from Padua and Este. It became under attack by Genoa in 1379. Residents of Paveglia, they fled to Geodeca. I, I doubt I'm saying any of these right, but I apologize. So the Paveglia Island was abandoned till 1527, and then the plague hit. Oh, no. So... Is this where they house stickies? So Venice and... No, you're fine. Venice and Paveglia Island, they were becoming, like, overrun with the plague. And for smaller islands, having a plague outbreak is just detrimental. So they couldn't risk any of the sick people being on Venice. On the Venice Island. So anyone that died or got the plague, they were immediately 
put on a boat with people wearing bird masks. Yeah. Like the plague doctor masks. Yes. And were sent to Poveglia Island where they were doomed to die there. The plague doctor masks. So, you know, they're like the bird likes. They have the long beak. Wait, is that where the plague doctor came from? Sorry, you're just going to tell me this. I know that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. Yes, that's where it came from. So the the mask, the beak mask that they would wear, they purposely wore those because they would put herbs like up in the beak because the herbs would purify the illness. But that's not how that shit works. So because it the illness was caused by bacteria, not not airborne. Yeah. So, but yeah. So 16th century is when the first ships loaded with plague victims they arrived to the island the dead were thrown in deep pits or as they called them the death pits and they would be covered with dirt and when they were full they would be set on fire to this day just releasing plague up into the air right right really no i don't know probably (laughs) but but it is said that the island is 50 percent dirt and 50 percent human ashes because of how many people have died. Yeah. When mass graves were found, so in present day, like when some of the mass graves were found, a lot of the skeletal remains had stones in between their jaws. And apparently when they would, so what would happen is when they would bring the sick or the dead, they would uncover the death pits and then they would put the new one inside and they cover them back up right until it was full when they sometimes when they would uncover the pit a newly or freshly buried body that like had been there for a little bit they would have blood like coming out of their mouths hmm. or like so back then they automatically assumed that they were vampires so in order to stop dead people from coming back they would put stones in their mouths to prevent them from eating. But in actuality, all it really was was the decomposition process when your your body basically fills with all these gases and it can sometimes cause your internal organs to rupture and all the blood from that seeps out through your mouth. That's all it was. They weren't yeah. prepared. But they didn't know that back in the 16th century. Fucked up. So that's, yeah. Fishermen avoid this area extremely like they will go like long ways just to avoid anywhere going anywhere near this area it is said that just like if you're just driving by like you can see like tons of bones just in the water like on the island no and and uh, like when they're fishing if they catch a bone like just a single bone if they just catch a single bone but like tons of fish they will throw it all back in they will they will not nowadays yep mm-hmm. like they're is it because they're scared are, of the plague still people are literally terrified of this island catherine like they're terrified of it but is it because they think they're gonna get the plague or is it because they think it's, it's bad juju that it's mainly that because like, yeah. like it's so like the history of this island itself like i definitely this could be a whole episode on its own yeah like That's this insane. island is this history of this island is so fucked up like That's insane 160,000 plus people were brought to this island and died during the plague times. That's insane. Just during, just during that. Yeah. No. 
1922, they built a psychiatric hospital where they had this man who they called the director. And he was a sick man that performed many experiments on the patients, mm-hmm. such as lobotomies. That was the only one they that they specified. But he would constantly do experiments on them. And then they were hearing voices, seeing things, whatever. Like this island basically drove you mad if you were here. And the doctor, there was this bell tower there. And it said, no one knows for sure if either he jumped himself or if he was pushed by one of his patients. But his body was flung out of the bell tower and he died. It is said that like his patients just drove him to insanity. But it's also not confirmed that maybe a patient did it. So that's crazy. But that hospital is still there, but it's abandoned. Since Mm -hmm. 1968, no one has lived there. It's completely abandoned. So here's the spooks. These are the spooks that happen currently. So a lot of the fishermen claim when they when they go by the island whatever they hear moans and screams coming from the island they can also hear the chiming of the bell tower even though the bell tower was the bell part at least was removed right many years ago and then there is a little girl that has been seen there but i know (laughs) for the last 400 years there have been constant sightings of this girl that they call little maria and she is supposedly she is a child that died during the plague yeah and she is said to roam the beach and she is just crying some more current ghosties so like for the hospital era we have pietro he's a patient that had two amputated legs and he used to race his with his wheelchair like throughout the hospital when he was alive some people hear like the squeaking in the hallways and then we also have Frederico and he is just an apparition that is seen through the hospital and he's just whenever you see him he is just grinning and laughing that's scary and there's, I know <laughs> and there's a another female that is seen and she do- doesn't have a name or anything but she was a supposed patient and she just has this terrifying expression on her face and is just crying out for help because supposedly the doctor, like, she's scared of the doctor guy. Like, he's mm-hmm. still, like, performing experiments and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's also this, I would, I would freak out if I saw this, but mm-hmm. some, like, smaller things that are seen just under the water surface, they, there have been a accounts that they've witnessed big eyes from underneath the water no uh-uh. i saw i saw i was looking up a fear of the deep ocean and i saw this picture where there was like eyes coming up into up out of like the water no 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 fuck Absolutely that not. fuck that yeah also many people have witnessed seeing people's faces like in the windows they usual stuff feel like they're being watched followed being touched scratched pushed a lot of people get very emotional when they get on the island and they're just like overcome with like 
sorrow and dread Mm. and yeah they're just like really sad and then in the hospital so there's three ways to enter the hospital and the easiest way to get into the hospital is the scariest way apparently and you have to crawl through the crematorium oh no fuck no fuck no (laughs) absolutely not no i will not be visiting i was like absolutely not absolutely not i will not go in there but yeah the obviously people when they go through this they hear things see shadows like the scratching and the pushing are around this time and that's um, the easiest way in there's no front door like so so this island like i said is abandoned so it's very like overgrown and just destroyed like like no one like I, when I say abandon, like you literally need approval from the government to go to this island. Like you can't wow. just go. Wow. And it can take years to get approval. That's like, crazy. No one can just fucking go. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so, insane. Yeah. The, literally like this island has always like creeped me out. Like the episode where they, like, like I said, Ghost Adventures went. And that episode like creeps me out, bro. Yeah, like, I I, I would not I would not put I would not put it past it that that island is totally haunted. Oh yeah, like if fifty percent of the grounds are remains, mm-hmm. that's insane. That's crazy. Yikes. Okay, well I'm gonna end on a slightly lighter note, but not by much. It's not that heavy, but it's a little spooky. My last story is the catacombs in Paris. I love this one. So the the catacombs of Paris are underground ossuaries, which hold the remains of over 6 million people. And it's underground in Paris. It's under like the mainland of Paris. The catacombs have been the site of many unexplained phenomena. And visitors report hearing, again, strange noises, footsteps and whispers, and even aspirations. But the most terrifying aspect is the visitors have reported feeling lost and disorienting, disoriented in winding tunnels and have reported feeling experiencing time distortions. So they don't know how long they've been down there or if they've been down there for just a few minutes. In the 1990s, a group of people were walking down through the tunnels and they found a video camera. And in short, the video camera was basically a man going through the tunnels going mad. And it suggested that that's where the inspiration for As Above and So Below movie comes from. And that that, that legend inspired that movie. And then I, I said, or was it created for the movie? Question mark. Like, like as like, like an ad, like for the movie. You said that you said they found it in the 90s. Yeah. So like, I mean, the movie came out way after that. So I'm like, do you think that they like said that it was shown in the 90s okay i personally think it was something that was like promo for the movie like the legend but i don't know how long they've been talking about that legend before the movie came out because i don't live out there so i don't really know but due to this legend and other stories the people who have been in there after midnight say the walls will start to speak to you and convince you to traverse deeper and lose your way until you've lost yourself completely there's a, a man named Philibert Asperit. Sorry if I said that wrong. But he was a doorkeeper who worked at Val de Grace Hospital. And 
he the reason why how he ended up in the catacombs was kind of strange because he said he was on his way to the cellar to get wine but he suddenly entered the catacombs and and i was like how did you how did you just enter the catacombs but they said that it was possibly that he was intoxicated when he was going down to the cellar for wine but i just didn't know you could like accidentally walk into the catacombs you know like <laughs> but i mean if you're drunk enough i guess that anything looks like the cellar <laughs> i have no idea i thought that was strange i was like whatever but because he was only going down to the cellar, he only brought one candle with him. And he kept going into the catacombs, even though he was not arriving at the cellar anytime soon. So eventually, his candle burned all the way down to the bottom of the candle, and his candle went out. And he was lost in the complete darkness in the catacombs. No. And so he, obviously, because of that, he never escaped. And his body was found 11 years later by people who were exploring the catacombs. And the legend ha has it is that he roams the catacombs every November 3rd, which I'm assuming was the day that he went down there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And then in a more recent spook, in 2004, the police were searching a restricted area in the catacombs. And they came across a, like the sound of a dog barking, but it there was no dog down there. It was like a PA system that was blaring the sound of a dog barking. I'm assuming it was to like scare people away, but I don't I feel like wouldn't that draw people closer? Anyway, uh, yeah, I'd be like, doggy. Yeah. Because I would want to try to save them, but maybe that's not how they are. <laughs> but anyway, they went further in and looked and they found 3,000 feet of galleries, a bar. Like a rest, like it looked like a restaurant, like, like almost like a whole city down there almost. And also there was a cinema that was, that would seat 20 people. And the seats were carved into the stone, which we know the stone is made of people, but the seats were carved into the stone and you could watch a thing on a wall with the screen. Like somehow people had like started creating a whole like place under the in the catacombs in this like restricted area where no one would go and so the the police officers noticed that there were cameras in the in the cinema and so they were like this is more than what we can handle so they peaced out they were like let's go get some like reinforcement so they came back with all the reinforcements the whole cavalry and everything was gone everything was gone the pa system the bar the cinema everything was gone Except for a note that said in French, and I don't know how to say it in French, but in English it translates to don't search. And I was like, do you think there are people who live in the catacombs? Maybe. Like, that's freaking weird. Yeah. They were even like, they said in the article, they said they were siphoning electricity from like the city. So like they had somehow made it so that it was like able to be used electric stuff. And that was only in 2004. And they like created their whole like their whole like society down there. Yeah, but enough, but easy enough for them to have completely made everything go away overnight. I know that's, I know, that's the weird part. Is I'm like, yeah. how? Like, how do they haul down like tables? <laughs> I don't understand. Unless I mean, everything was unless everything was carved out of the catacomb, and then the only things were small things were there, like cups and plates and things like that. Maybe I don't know. 
They call they call people who like to go into the catacombs cataphiles. Cataphiles. Yeah. Meow. No, like catacombs cataphiles. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the catacombs are not for the faint of heart. If you're claustrophobic or you have the fear of the dark, it may be best to avoid this place altogether. That's right. And honestly, I would say I would say I would not go to the catacombs. It's too dark and it's too spooky and it's too claustrophobic. Even if I think even if I thought I could. Like I don't think I could. Period. That's all I have for the catacombs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's other scary stories that have happened there. It's just those were the ones that I specifically found that were like no well known. You see how it got more and more claustrophobic as we went down. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I was I was okay, when you said that I thought you meant your lighthouse story and I was like, that's fine. But then the catacombs was like, Yeah. <laughs> no. See th- those yeah. movies like scare me, like the claustrophobic, like mm-hmm. uh, the descent when they're like stuck in the cave. Or yep. like when they have to like crawl through the thing and it's like oh we can't we have to turn around and it's like mm-hmm. we can't fucking turn around yeah oh. i was watching i was watching this tiktok of this girl rescuing cats and she was let down into the into between these two buildings and she only fit vertically into the into the between and then she had to turn her feet and that was like the hardest part because her feet were bigger than her and then she walked walked and had to bend sideways pick up the cat and give it to them and like there was a whole nest of cats that were she was trying to save and she could she had to like like she was sandwiched between the two buildings like there was no no room on either her front or her back for her to like move i was like absolutely not Mm -mm. yeah i'm i'm not a claustrophobic babe and those movies do scare me and then like darkness and like unknown also scares me so like the deep ocean pitch dark whenever anything's like pitch dark no Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. do you have anything to tell spooky babes before we go Haley? spooky babes thanks for joining us on this spooky ride hopefully you didn't get too scared and hope your day is going great and we're glad you joined us today and we love you and was it protect your peace? Sorry, Catherine's better at this shit. Sorry, I'm you not. Have, you don't have to say it if you don't want to. I'm not trying I'm, to make you. I'm not a cold heartless bitch. I promise. I'm better. I'm decently better with my words sometimes when it comes to helping other people. But but yeah, hope you have a good day, night, week, month, year, and back to you, Catherine. All right. Well, spooky was we hope that you join us next week. It'll be crime movie week. I do not know what crime movie we're going to do. <laughs> Don't even ask. But uh, yeah, let's remember you matter. We care about you. And if you ever feel like you don't matter, send us a DM on Instagram. Also, if you are interested in merch, you can <laughs> DM on Instagram too. And then, you know, might work something out. Might work something out. See what we could do. And we will see you in your nightmares. Oh. <laughs>